0: Extreme Rewind begins just after this.
1: The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three.
0: Oh, musical. Musical. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, um. Obviously, the network has its ups and downs with like music. Yes. Something that I do appreciate is the fact that obviously in the original ECW, the intro music was, was it Thunder Kiss 65 by White Zombie? Yeah, Yeah, 66, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was called. And obviously that was the as well. Yep. But so still kept it as the intro music is still the same as the Pitbulls music.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you think there's just they've replaced a sound file and as such it's gone on both, or do you think they've had to go through and actually do that? I think
0: they've had to go through and do that. In
1: that
0: case, that's
1: impressive.
0: That's what I think. I think it's nothing major, it's just a nice touch, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think there are some really hit and miss musics.
0: In, well, there's uh, inconsistencies. Taz's music's all over the place. Some At weeks least. it's a little bit like war machine. Other week it's like, boom, 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 boom,
1: yeah. I'm
0: and uh, my, my, my.
1: franchises as well. He had a, a perfect strangers style one the other day, and yeah, and one that really, um,
0: the ones that really confuses me is ones where um, they've been in WWE. So like Raven why not just give him his WWE Raven music? Yeah. Because I know In if you watch old Nitros, Jericho will come out to break the walls down. Obviously, without the countdown, it just starts with the break the walls down. But he walks out to that rather than the um, even flow.
1: Rip-offs. Yeah, I mean, I think they would just kind of maximise the ones that they have. But
0: I just think a lot of them like Sandman again could have just been you're a Sandman version or just just use your WWE versions Mm. because it's just consistency Dudley boys could have come out to whatever and yeah anyway Hello everyone, welcome to Extreme Rewind, your week look into the world of extreme from episode 1 all the way to 401 of ECW Hardcore TV. You've got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jane. You can tell from the get-go we're talking ECW.
1: All facets of ECW. All facets of ECW. We've started we off are... sassy and I love it.
0: <laughs> and we're in June 1996, some could say the 25th of June to start it. As we look at episodes 166, 167, 168 and 169
1: of East W Hardcore TV. And there's a lot going on. It's it's heating up and it's getting a little bit crazy. There's more than I expected. A couple of people I didn't expect to be
0: there. and A couple of angles that pop out of nowhere and all this. But out of all the episodes, all four episodes that we cover, I might have to say that the first segment of the first episode was my (laughs) favourite. With Baron Von Stevie? With Baron Von Stevie. So basically the show starts with Joe Styles in the ring and Baron Von Stevie comes out with Blue Dust and uh, I think it's Patricia. Yeah, I think so. The director. uh, Yeah, and they basically come out and it's basically just Stevie walking around holding up the claw. And it's nothing too, too crazy. But the line that really got me was when Stevie's walking around and he jumps down on the floor. And he's just like, have no fear. I will not harm you, blue dust.
1: <laughs> just, so the the bit on this that really made me laugh um, more than it had any right to was uh, the end is, as you would imagine, Baron Von Stevie slaps the iron claw onto Joey Styles. Mm hmm who just knocks his hand away and walks off. And it's just this amazing kind of like, it's such a shit iron claw that he just like, you know, this 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 weakling of an announcer just kind of slaps his hand off, gives him the dirtiest of looks and just walks off. It's just great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Stevie yeah. is um, still something a bit special. I, I look at it
0: back. And there's a few people you look at ECW and how one's never made it. And I I kind of think obviously it's told Stevie suffers like really bad sort of neck injuries before he goes to WCW, but
1: well, in essence, he retires from (laughs) wrestling in, in ECW. Yeah. Only to then join WCW shortly after, um, so there was a little bit, apparently there was a little bit of, of hubbub because, you know, they, they thought he had retired after an injury, um, uh, which, which is interesting because it does lead to his um, very uh, recognisable voice um, change as well, with him becoming far more raspy and, and a little quieter, like we heard in the right to censor days.
0: Yeah, and it's just um, that's crazy. But you do sort of wonder because I think he comes back like years and years in the future before the end of ECW. I think he does appear again. I think I remember seeing the rise and fall,
1: but I'm not sure when.
0: Um, I mean, it's interesting
1: because there are wrestlers who you know, with with the the history of ECW and the legacy of ECW and the legend of them in ECW, I've been a little bit underwhelmed with. So Brian Pillman is one that you know I've referenced before. Yep. Um whereas Stevie's one of those that you know I I more than I expected down. to. Yeah. I've really enjoyed his his contribution and what he's done.
0: I have. I mean obviously Meanie and Nova early days haven't found their rhythm at all yet. But I do love Blue Dust, though. <clears throat> I do. I preferred him more this week than him just sort of awkwardly laying there last week. Although him awkwardly laying is
1: a bit of a theme.
0: <laughs> is a thing. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a harmless segment. It's a good segment. I don't know if it's a kicking off a show segment, but it's a good ECW segment. Yes. I, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Um, Sandman comes out, kicks the crap out of Joe
1: Gertner. Yeah. Um, and yeah. For no real reason, just comes out and beats him up, and the old announcer takes his place back. And then we have highlights of Sabu versus Shane Douglas.
0: Yeah, but it's fan cam again. It is. And it just, I was, when I saw this on the listings, I was like excited, but I just, I, I like, we've discussed before, I get it. It's, it's you know. It's all hardcore, it's it's rebellious, it's all this, but it's just yeah, this should the fan cams a bit hard to watch four matches in. So my issue at the moment with Sabu is when is now the cat's out of the bag and everyone knows he's got his injury, when is Heyman gonna take responsibility for continuing sending this guy out?
1: Yeah, so um we'll We'll kind of get into during these four episodes the you know there's always one thing that I seem to kind of get stuck on at the moment yeah. um one overdone like trope or something that they just continue to kind of bang over the head and it's stretcher jobs and
0: paralyzed every episode yeah actually.
1: stretcher jobs are are kind of my current one in this in yeah. this for this episode we'll be talking about stretcher jobs in a in an overly convoluted and overdone kind of way so yeah the fact that Sabu continues to have to be taken out on a stretcher um, does make you wonder why you'd continue to put him in if you know he's just going to be carried out straight, straight away 100% so um, yeah there's that
0: that's a thing certainly uh- is so, you've got the Shane Douglas-Sabu match. Like I said not too bad. And it just seems to be a lead-in for another Shane Douglas match against Mikey Ripley, which is a fairly enjoyable match, to be honest with you. It wasn't I sort of, <sighs> yeah, sort of I mean, cluttery as some of I, others, but...
1: I really enjoyed it. Um, That's probably too generous. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a I good I watched match. it twice. Um, the bit for me, still, the sticks, is the underdog. Yeah. Um, this grand slam underdog yeah I mean you know just this whole kind of, you know oh what even right has he got to be in the ring kind of bullshit when you know he's held every championship he's got wins over Shane Douglas you know this is this uh, I that and some of them he's like a multiple champion not even just one and done yeah I mean at this point he's held the TV
0: title more times than Shane Douglas yeah and he Defeated more
1: people than Shundug's when he was a champion, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit... Uh, that's still my issue, is is the, the, the underdog status that he has. I get it. I get, you know, that they are building him to be this, you know, the, the, the lovable loser style, whatever. If he could go for the overachiever sort of status. You could, About- you could play a story as to how it's incredible that all these people are still underestimating this bona fide legendary career at this point
0: but oh, yeah. i mean he could, have, he could have had a great heel turn in him yeah he could have had the really sort of worked with that but um his character is not dissimilar to what spike dudley becomes really no and but um, spike dudley's more embraced more about he is hard as nails and he could win
1: and so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see the size difference when we get that chance to have that comparison, because in my mind, spikes a lot smaller. Yeah. But it's really hard to get some sort of understanding of of scale in ECW because they're just strange. So, you know, Big Dick Dudley actually isn't that big and stuff. And and you know nine one one who was a giant in ECW goes to WCW and looks just the same as everyone else. So it's all a it's little just bit the low.
0: same as someone like Lex Luger who's who's tall in like the real world, but in sort of the wrestling world at the time, he wasn't really.
1: Yeah, I mean it was, and it was always it was an kind average of tight guy. This was the the thing about you know the land of the giants. I mean, um, you know Billy Gunn's about six foot six. So he's a big guy, but in a world where you're surrounded by seven-foot, eight-foot people, you're not a big guy. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it is one of those weird things.
0: 100%. Um, Yeah, so that's a decent match worth checking out. They get a promo by Raven, Stevie Richards, Nova, they're all in the ring. Um, And this is
1: when Stevie introduces Peaches. It is. So um, Raven wanted, you know, some horrible, used up, blah, 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 blah. Um, And this was the lowest that Stevie could find. And it's Laurie Fullington, Peaches, the Sandman's ex-wife. And this we talked about a little bit last week. Sandman comes out and says, "This is not meant to get into my head? Um, You know, she's already used up. I've already pimped her out to... Entire locker room, you can have your fun with her, but Sat. But Raven, remember at the end of it, pay your bills, yeah, which I loved because I loved it when it was a Tommy Cairo thing. Um, well, that's it, it was, a, it was a good sort of throwback for those who wanted the throwback, but yes, uh, here is Peaches dressed as Peaches, um, being introduced just before the match. Yeah.
0: And um, I guess what a match. What a match. What a match out of nowhere. And a match that explains the vast amount of blood that Raven had on him last week. Yes. Because obviously it was it was a question that we asked. Like, Raven's doing a run-in and his blood like pissing out of his head. Um, hello. Hello and i still find it slightly strange they've decided to put it in this order
1: yeah so I've... i mean i've i've got two things with the order the first is the order of the matches on tv and also this shows the order of the matches on the card mm. so again raven and the heavyweight championship match middle. was somewhere in the middle of the card before the sandman match which we watched last week which would have been on afterwards and also not just
0: Raven Middle, Raven versus uh, surprise opponent, Terry Gordy.
1: The international challenger.
0: Yeah, so you think he's had all these, like he's had Damien 666 recently, now Terry Gordy. I mean, I don't think this is, I'm not sure if he's Terry Gordy full time. I think this might be a one-off and he comes back.
1: So he's scheduled for the, um, the Rage in the Cage match or whatever it is. Yep. We get to hear all about that um, and the convoluted uh, stuff that that is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how. Because how it's not common. long,
0: because obviously Dr. Death turn up. So then you've got the Miracle Violence connection. Yeah. Because they face off against the Eliminators. Dr. Death faces off against Raven. And that was one of the episodes that we always used to get on um, Bravo. So um, that's all coming up, and yeah, I'm excited to see them back. If we get. I want to see a Miracle Violence connection versus the Eliminators. That's meant to be a great match. It has all
1: the
0: makings, oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be too far ahead. Well, it's not, because 9 one faces Tommy Dreamer and a scaffolding match on that show. And that's the one with the scaffolds just made up as basically Sandman just attached a table to the rafters. So it's all coming up soon. So the miracle violence connection will be popping up soon, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a good match. It's a wild match. It's, you know they're broadening everywhere. Raven bleeds a lot in this match. So
1: yeah, I mean it's it's um, formulaic again. Yep. You know the into the crowd, round the crowd, up to the lower stage, up to the higher stage, blah blah blah, um, hit with everything. You know, it's 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 a little bit formulaic in the style of it. Um It is, but for some reason I felt like I've accepted it more because it's
0: Terry Bam Bam Gordy versus Raven, so I didn't mind it.
1: Uh if yeah, it
0: like, if you say Raven versus I don't know, Mikey Whitbreak. I might have been like, Oh, seen this kind of feel. Or Raven versus Tommy Dreamer
1: again. Yeah. But- um And the introduction of barbed wire was um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, You know, Raven having to hold barbed wire because he can't get it out of his hair, just like tangled in, uh, was fairly brutal of an image.
0: Massively. But um, yeah, enjoyable match. Really enjoyed that match. Good match.
1: And then at the end, we have Sandman coming out. Yep. And um, trying to get a raven uh, because uh, all of the, the gubbins and everyone gets involved. Um, and uh, outruns uh, Laurie Fullington, who in the space of this match has changed from the outfit she came out in to the raven look. Um, and in front of Laurie Fullington is their son, Tyler.
0: Yeah, big
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, iconic, just absolutely iconic. And, and it surprised me how quickly it came about.
0: Um, massively. I mean, this feud goes on like for quite a while, but um, yeah, it's sort of just... It's got these promos to just, you're in, and suddenly they're, they're with Raven. But it fits in perfectly with sort of the almost-esque sort of cult thing that Raven does. Yep. yeah how he could literally just sort of take this family and... Tear um, them apart. Yeah. And obviously there's some interesting sort of vignettes that turn up, but obviously we'll get to them in future episodes. But yeah, that happens. Um, Sandman's basically having a breakdown, sort of walking to the back screaming. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler. Um, Blue Dust comes out, gets a DDD from Beulah for no reason, but it's still quite funny. And that's uh, the end of the show. Pretty much. Which takes us to July, episode 167, which is the 2nd of July, and it kicks off with Roven
1: and Tyler. Yes, talking about sacrifices and the sacrifices that people make for their kids and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's Tyler um, continuing the, uh, you know, we don't love you anymore, we worship Raven. Yep. Which is uh, brilliant. And and it's Raven is maniacal yeah. with it. He's just, you know, absolutely maniacal. I mean you look at this family, you, you wonder who their social worker is. Um because goddamn they need some intervention. Um, just maniacal.
0: And it's great in the sense that um I said later on, Raven all he does is just a great laugh. Yeah. He's not just of sitting there and be like... <laughs> and It's
1: just uh, it's cool.
0: I think there's a Tommy Dreamer interview next. Um, Or did it go straight into the match?
1: I think it goes straight into Jericho versus Pitbull 2
0: Okay, Jericho versus Pitbull 2 Again, um, pretty decent match Jericho got me thinking If he hadn't have gone to WCW Do you think Jericho would have been heavyweight champion in ECW?
1: I think there was a build for it Um,
0: Only because he's been there a short period of time He's beaten Foley Obviously Scorpio Did he beat Scorpio? Or did he? But he's had the matches with Scorpio. He's now um, wins the TV title here. He's heavily involved in like every- Taz, who's probably Taz's hardest feud.
1: To the point where they had to go to a shoot
0: fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think there's an argument for it. Um, so if
0: he'd stayed around, I think within been a year, he'd have been World heavyweight Champion.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad shout. I'm trying to think who else would have been, who would have slotted in Instead of
0: well, because obviously it's the road to, you know, barely legal. So I guess it, it depends if the Terry Funk story would have still happened, or
1: yeah,
0: it could have ended up being Jericho winning around that time or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like he would have been heavily involved in something. But yeah, Chris Jericho picks up and he wins the TV title,
1: which is um pretty decent yeah now uh, we have the respect angle yeah again we'll, uh, so uh pitbull two hands him the belts. uh i mean there's there's a couple of um less than slick moments as you'd imagine here um in, with these two but pitbull two hands him the belts doesn't quite go as far as putting the belt around his waist, but, you know, practically that. Um, And it's, it's again, just that uh, feeling of, you know, that respect of the, and again, I think it's in the next episode, Jericho cuts a promo about it and says about, you know, him being gracious enough to hand him the belt and the legacy of funk and Malinko and Guerrero and, and Scorpio. Um, and it's just a little bit formulaic in the sense of the this this is all about you know they've they've tied this entire ECW TV title story around respect um, yeah and 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 I don't know if it's really needed in that same sort of way especially when you've got um, Sabu and RVD which is all about respect yeah. But there we go.
0: Yeah, no, it's all just a bit in there. It's, it's all just up and down. But yeah, Jericho's new champ, that's good. Um, we get the Dudley boys next.
1: Yeah, the big shock is that um, the FBI get Bubba Ray to do his name and Bubba Ray does it without stuttering. Bum, bum, bum. So I don't know whether that's just that gimmick done now. <sighs> you are working it out, yeah. But I mean, fascinating in the sense that you know, one of the ways that it could be that the way they got away from this is just one day he didn't, um, it's, because it's no idea. Think on this though. Yeah, but it's amazing. It fascinates me because we here, um, the WWE gets such a hard time for things like that, and I'm not saying that's not justified, but you know, Lana suddenly just stops talking in a Russian accent or, you know, uh, so-and-so just suddenly stops doing that. Like Kofi Kingston stops talking in a a Jamaican accent. We have all of these weird things where they just kind of like, and we're not doing that anymore. And it would have been similar with with the stuttering and Bubba Ray and and, and Matt Morgan and various other things. But it's just really weird how when WWE WWE do it, it's this shocking Inconsistent storytelling, blah blah blah, and ECW is revered, and they just did it the same. Yeah, that's no longer something viable, so we've just stopped.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. It's just—I uh, mean,
1: like I said, we see it might just be in a one-off,
0: but we'll see if it's gone or if it does come back. But um
1: yeah. I'm very interested to see if that's it, and I, I don't have a problem with if that, if that's it because it was. It's always one of those, you know. It's only got a certain amount of space life, and if they're trying to turn the Dudleys into a serious feud about who owns the family and things like that, then um, you need to. But uh, yeah, it's 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 just very interesting.
0: Yeah, no, agreed.
1: Is it? Um it's Probably a big dream, yeah. first real That's kind right. of show in in the tag team space oh yeah i suppose uh, since he's been like
0: he's come back from injury isn't he? what do you think of him I, this is I, what
1: you expect really i mean he was it? made to look like a monster big clotheslines um yep. he's given uh jt smith uh... To, to to bump all day long for him and throw himself around so you know yep. multiple flips off of clotheslines and you know making himself look like a so he's um uh, you know he's been well, um, one match in, um, and then you know, so he gets kind of taken and distracted out of the ring, and Devon runs in and starts chair shotting people, and then Big Dick comes out, which scares off Devon again. Which you know, I, I still quite like as a story, and and Devon kind of talks big about who owns the family and and stuff like that, whose family it is. Um, For you though, in the end. As in, like,
0: the end of the career and everything, Devon was right.
1: And, you know, the, 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 just the, the stratosphere that they get to as the, the, the heel Dudley boys. Um, so, Devon overall
0: was right. Yeah. The team, these, these two, that's one of those decorated tag teams of all time. Could be the considered
1: the most popular tag team in ECW history. Whoa. We might hear that again in a little while.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah. We then get Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Lee in a weapons match. Uh-huh. Um This feud is still going. The match is everything, like we said, with the other matches, broadening around the arena and all this. Everything leads to the big spot at the end, where Brian Lee chokeslams Tommy Dreamer off the balcony through three tables.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, they fight outside. You've got people sitting in cars, you know, probably singing along, doing a little bit of karaoke. And uh suddenly there's Tommy Dreamer being thrown over um, yeah. profuse blood again, um so that's uh you know both sam both um Raven and Tommy Dreamer that are just absolute crimson masks um, the triple table choke slam, which did look insane um, it did, but um this is the annoying thing. like Tommy Dreamer is still
0: technically feud with Raven, it's
1: just... Yeah, I mean, the whole Brian reason for Lee's Brian is- leaves there is because he's Raven's thug. Which is just so random. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, and then what we see in next week's episode, the beginning of next week's episode, is uh, Tommy Dreamer gets stretchered out. Yeah, which is a good place
0: to... <laughs> Jump to that very episode, which again, July the 9th of July of 1996. Um, yeah, we see the Tommy Dreamer bit that Jay was just talking about getting stretched out,
1: right? Yep, so big injury angle, he's stretched out. Uh, you, you know, you know, it's real because you've got Todd Golden there and his, his baseball cap and his uh Sandman vest. You know, he's not dressed to be on camera. He's not meant to be here as a character. They're all worried about Tommy Dreamer. I don't actually know where they're taking him because they just seem to be taking him to another building. But, um, you know, it's serious and it's it's big and it's, it's this dangerous thing and blah, 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 blah. I mean, Tommy won the match, by the way, because Kimono won a layer, distracted primetime Brian Lee and stuff. Um But yeah, so, you know, we're going to really...
0: <laughs> to be back. I'm it's if he pops back at the end of the show.
1: It's the next segment. He's the literally the next segment is Joey Styles interviewing Tommy Dreamer, and Tommy Dreamer saying you should have killed me. And I'm sitting yeah. there going, "Motherfucker, I've just seen you stretch it out with all sorts of people." He did. And and the feud continues. They that's that's not settled settled anything. Being thrown off of the balcony, through three tables, being stretched out meant nothing. So it's only about a year away, probably less than a year from when he was pitching
0: the idea that someone actually shot him.
1: Yeah. And he would have been back on TV the week after.
0: Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Terry Funk, that basically niched the idea.
1: Yeah. Because you can't, I, I, I mean, so this is my, and it's funny because again, you know, growing up and watching ECW, it was one of my favorite things. Um, you know, so one of my, my, one of the matches that's stayed with me for instance, is the, uh, the Tanaka Mike Awesome matches and the chair shots and the chair shots and the chair shots. Um, but there's part of me now just sitting and kind of going, none of this means anything because nothing's sold. Yeah. It's, it's all just kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't care about the, 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 the chokeslam spot because you've already killed the chokeslam spot. He's just been choke slammed through three tables off of a balcony and he's back up and walking around. And yeah, he's got a little bit of a plaster on his face. But he's back up and he's walking around. So why do I care when he's thrown off the next thing? Because he's back up and he's walking around.
0: Exactly. Four tables, five tables. He's fine. Didn't so get... oh.
1: that's Go. two matches from Hardcore Heaven. Yep. Because that's what we're still working through. That I've had absolute crimson mask blood gushing out of people uh in it and you could argue that two of those two of matches doing that plus the stretcher job probably means that we don't need any more stretcher jobs and we don't need any more of that kind of you know profuse bleeding to try and make it feel a little special that's happened in these two matches
0: yeah, I mean, I thought like Raven probably bled hard way.
1: I, I think both of them did. Um, really? I think looking bar- at where they caught him and yeah, and looking at where the plasters were on um, Tommy Dreamer's head, assuming they were like shoot plasters, which is never a sentence I thought I was going to say, um, rather than working plasters, brother. Um, <laughs> you know, n- none of those are, are where you'd usually expect people to blade. Yeah. Um, so I, I i think there is definitely some some likelihood that they all kind of got real color mm. but yeah just um so that's already two absolute beatings two crimson masks two you know we've had one stretcher job any more would just overdo it wouldn't it <laughs> let's make it free so we
0: go to a weird um, tag team thing. Basically, it's eliminated versus the gangsters for the ECW tag team titles. Only before the gangsters actually make it to the ring, the Samoan gangster party attacks them, and they start brawling. The Bruce brothers then come out,
1: and it's a massive brawl. And they just destroy the gangsters, basically. So they rip through um, the gangsters, yeah. So <clears throat> the you've got um, New Jack just absolutely squirting blood everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, both of them get stretched out. Both of them get taken back because they're they're just so beaten up. Um, absolutely destroyed. Uh, and yeah. then the Eliminators, who are the heels, who loathe the gangsters and want them destroyed, yeah. are pissed off with the Bruise Brothers for getting involved even though it was the Samoan Gangster Party that were the first ones. Anyway, uh, so they call out the Bruce Brothers and give them a title match. Um, yes, yeah, so suddenly you get the Bruce Brothers in a tag team title match.
0: Which is just um, really weird again.
1: Yeah, and then that descends into a brawl because the patched up gangsters then run out and start beating everyone up. Yeah. With the Samo- which brings out the Samoa Gangster Party again and they beat beating it up. So they get all so- four of them again out there fighting. And what we were missing in this show in between the various stretch jobs and the weapons matches that no one's selling and the ridiculous eye spots and the everyone having just so much blood loss over and over again. The trope that we were missing, the, the, the cliche that we were missing from an ECW event was the locker room emptying for the pull apart. So here comes everyone to break up these four teams. And the problem is, because there's so many wrestlers in this, because you've got eight people in there trying to get at each other, um, it's even more obvious when you just let people go and they just wander off and start fighting again. So this rolls and rolls and rolls. Uh, why you've got the likes of the franchise out there? I have it's what you said before. No it? idea. It's,
0: it, it's, I suppose it's the kind of having such a small like, roster, but there's certain names which you have to protect that like, wouldn't come and get involved with stuff like this.
1: And there are wrestlers that if they were wearing a black T-shirt and you pulled down a baseball cap, you probably would take a little while to pick them out, especially if you're not focusing on them. However, when the Dudleys come out... The full Dudley shirt. It's pretty obvious. When the franchise comes out in his wrestling garb, so he's wearing his trunks and his boots, it's obvious. And there is no logic as to why they would get involved with this. Why Why, if the franchise is this egotistical... Character, this guy who who schemes his way to the tops, looks after only himself, thinks that he's God's gift. All the rest of it. Why on earth is he putting his body in the line of getting in the way of four of the most vicious tag teams in the world, just so he can what keep the peace?
0: It's just yes. I so said these breakups have never worked out. They're just stupid and they're doing way too much. Uh, Speaking of stupid, we then had, I guess, the debut of the Samoa Gangster Party versus Axel Rotten and Hack Myers. Um, The opponents are fine. The amount of offense their opponents got in,
1: I've got an issue with.
0: (laughs) I, I felt like they gave more to these than they gave to the gangsters.
1: The gangsters who, by the way, at this point are being referenced as the most popular tag team ever in ECW. Multiple yeah. times they are referenced as the most popular tag team ever in ECW, yeah. which is a direct fuck you to public enemy. Massive. And whilst I am I have hours of my recording saying that I didn't enjoy a lot of public enemy stuff, they were over like a motherfucker in this building. They were crazy over.
0: Yep. Yeah, at the whole Arena doing the hot stepper, doing the To the, the point where
1: they were the main event on multiple, multiple, multiple shows. Yeah. Just, <laughs> pardon me, just because you wanted the crowd to dance at the end of the night. You threw the chairs in, they jumped in the ring with them, they had it all.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was a blatant, blatant dig at Public Enemy because obviously they're going through a lot of hard times in WCW at the moment. Not really picking up many Ws, but yeah, I just thought Smokey Gangster Party. I thought obviously whatever, but it makes no sense. Yeah, it should have just come out Wild Men smashing up whoever. You know, it could have been Donny Allen. Didn't, wouldn't have mattered.
1: Well, I mean, you're not trying to protect this this amazing team of Axel Rotten and Hack Myers. Yeah, but again, you should have been because franchise put Axel Rotten on a pedestal only a couple of months ago. Yeah, but that, he's, he's put everyone on a pedestal and also disrespected everyone since. This is very true. But, um, yeah, so that happened. Ends of the brawl again. And then we're into... Sabu versus, Sabu versus Rob Van Dam. Now, this is gone midnight, yep. sweltering heat, the end of a really long show, and the ropes are broken.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, when they threw out, it's like, oh, it's like one in the morning or whatever. I just kind of sit there and think, well, really? Is ECW, like, going on one in the morning? Apparently so. It's
1: crazy, isn't it, to think that? Yeah. But uh, So yeah. here we are, uh, Sabu versus Rob Van Dam. I think...
0: There's no point in really breaking down the match because we've seen a lot of these matches over the last couple of weeks. No, and it's not Malinko,
1: Eddie. It's not their best because um, both of these struggle with loose ropes to real. I mean, it didn't stop them trying a load of stuff, um, but everything looks a little bit sloppy because you can't get any real kind of... um, give you know the the ropes have far too much give you can't rebound when you're running up and jumping off them and serve sorting off of them and all the rest of it so everything just looks a little bit sloppy um and basically the the takeaway of this is they both end up being taken out on str- on stretchers yeah so that's another two stretcher jobs on the same card um Again, in a whole, if 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 you know this is going to be building to a stretcher match, so both of these are going out in a stretcher, then no one else touches stretchers. No one else has the 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 um, uh, the trauma board. No one else gets carried away by damage control. No one else walks out and gets carried out of this arena because these are the two that that's the thing. Especially if all you're going to do is have the other guy that's taken out as a stretcher fucking stand up and cut a promo straight after. Yep. It just, there's no sanctity in this. And again, you know, I've said before about them needing that agent of, well, they're already doing that, so don't do that on this one. There's no sanctity. There's no kind of overarching thing. So if you know these two are building towards a stretcher match, then stretchers do not come into anyone else's match in any way, shape or form. Well, it has to make it like she so you knows is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. In the same way, if you are building that this blood feud between Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee is a weapons match, then there needs to be less of a focus in the other matches around so that you aren't sitting there kind of going, it's a weapons match. But actually, the hard, the the, the, the barbed wire in the, the Raven match looked quite gnarly. That actually may have been worse.
0: Exactly. So it's like you've got this like, blood feud where they hate each other so much that it's got to be announced a weapons match. And you've got two people who have never met each other before using chairs and barbed wire and everything else.
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, if you're going to say, well, yes, but that's, you know, the fans bring the weapons. But they're out in the crowd, just picking up random things and hitting each other with them. The fans have brought the weapons. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy. It's with messy. Is it? is my problem? Is it, it that nothing is? But the
0: problem is allowed ta- to have
1: its uniqueness in it,
0: especially when you're taking so many matches from one show, which they've done with the Hardcore Heaven or whatever. Yes just sit down and logically think how can we balance this show out?
1: Yeah, it and it feels like At it's... this
0: point, it's a glorified TV tapings with a name.
1: Yeah. I mean, but... this is... This would have worked better as a TV show because on its original airing, there would have been a gap in between this, yeah. whereas I binge-watched all four. However... Yeah, but it's, it's the details, like we said, about The Raven and stuff <laughs> like that. However, again, if we'd watched... This as a, if this was a special on the network, so we'd watched it as a special, this would have all been within the same four hours, three hours. Yeah. So within three hours, you would have gone straight from that to that to that to that to that. To that. Oh. And that's my problem. It, it's, it's not... My watching it as uh, a binge watch bulk actually is far closer to how it was intended to be seen. Yeah. Which is just bizarre to me it's just I said I know they
0: do get a bit of a balance because it does become a lot of ring work rather than just sort of clutter but yeah, it's like I say it's hard work at the moment because it's just um, it doesn't matter if your first match with you did maybe you met the person before but you like the person it's still just a free-for-all brawl
1: yeah and next week's episode the, the episode we're about to talk about the last of these four really does sum up that clusterfuck of a of a format that we we seem to have which is a lovely
0: segue to the next episode um in this episode you had pulp fiction promos basically just everyone none of them were really stand out stand out promos just usual suspects sort of do it so moving on to Episode one hundred and sixty nine, July the sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. We get a recap from last week with the gangsters and the Samoa Gangston Party. Um, it's basically carnage, and the gangsters call out everyone. Yeah. So basically, that- yeah, they they brawl. They have they've sort of a match, and um, yeah, the gangsters basically just call out all the teams that been involved in recent weeks. and and set up a four corners match yeah which to be fair until Joey Styles explained it I didn't really know what he, New Jack was saying
1: yeah I, I he, mean he was this... just like I'm going
0: to have one fucking person in this corner one fucking person in that corner you can go in that fucking corner and then Joey Styles is like oh I think he's just set up a four way tag team match and you sort of think oh did he I thought he was just talking about they'll beat the crap out of everyone you can stand there you can stand there we don't care we'll beat the crap out of all of you
1: which he was kind of doing as well, yeah uh, yeah, it was it was because he was blown up because he was out of breath because of the the way the mic in the ring doesn't kind of pick it wasn't clear, so needed to be kind of revised by uh Joey Styles, however, that for me was a far clearer pitch for the match than the rage in the cage, yeah. Agreed. Which we'll talk about in just a second.
0: Oh, so we then get Mikey Whipwreck versus Paul
1: L'Oreal, the feud. Now, Batman. so Damien Kane has an issue with Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. I don't know what the issue is, but he's got an issue with Mikey Whipwreck. So he's reached back into his past and pulled out someone from his past to help destroy Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> which is to a letter what Jason did when Jason had an issue with Mikey Whitbreck. Yeah. Even exactly the same person and everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, the story is the same about how they broke up and, you know, they, they, had, they, they set up rings and broke into the business together and all the rest of it. They, they sort of reference, but then kind of don't really the fact that, um, this has already happened. Yeah. So this big return of the giant Paul Orio is is is, you know, nothing. To the point where in our archives you can hear us talk about the giant Paul Oreo cookie. Um. <laughs> and it is again an absolute nothing of a match. Yeah. Um. To Next. A point in the point.
0: Yeah, basically, Eliminators come out, take out Oreo cookie. Somehow, this sets up Eliminators versus Sabu and Mikey.
1: So, they're beating up on Mikey. Mikey, bless him, because he's the plucky underdog. He's fighting back. And Sabu runs out to help because... Why not? Yeah. Got a damaged neck. You know, it's quite a potent tag team. It's, It's a tag team of... Grand sliders. You know, the, the two Triple Crown winners are in ECW. They are the most decorated champions in ECW. If only one of them wasn't a complete underdog and had fluked his way to every single one of those belts.
0: This is very true.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so we have that match. Decent match, worth checking out. But again, it's just a decent match. It's just, it's just hard because the tactic division is all a bit caught over. They yeah, get Eliminators video package. Uh, originally, this was to fed up by House of Pain. Obviously, edited heavily on the network, so that happened. We then got promo by
1: Sandman. Yep, and uh, Raven taunting him with the kids. Yeah,
0: followed by yeah, Gangsters and interview with Devon Dudley, where he obviously talks about getting his family.
1: So let's go back a little bit to the Sandman promo because we were talking about the the, the rage in the cage step. Yep. So let me see if I can clarify from my understanding. And and you might need to kind of correct me on bits of this, and, and we'll have to see how this plays through. Um, So there's kind of three matches going on at the same time. Yeah. So in the ring, in the cage, you have Sandman and Raven. Yep. But that is not for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. If Raven gets pinned, he does not lose the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Outside of the ring, starting on the stage, you have Terry Gordy and Stevie Richards. The winner of that, gets to enter the cage in essence, making it a two on one match. The loser of that is still allowed in the cage, but they can't walk through the door. They'd have to climb over. Yeah. Which seems weird. Stupid, anyway. In the surroundings of this between the stage and the ring, you have a no-holds-barred brawl between primetime Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. So they're fighting around the ring. They can obviously get involved with whoever's trying to get in the ring and whoever's trying to climb over the ring. Yep. But they can't really get involved with what's going on in the ring because that's in a cage and they're out of the cage. And then the other part on this is if Stevie Richards is pinned, then he loses the championship for Raven. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's convoluted. I mean, I've, I've worked my way through body count matches and baseball matches and... Total, jeopardy, whatever matches. There's a lot of there's a lot of
0: stipulation on the stipulation on the stipulation on the stipulation.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little over-egged really, isn't it?
0: Oh, just a bit. It's it's, um, especially you just want to see people just get in a cage and have a wild brawl, which is what they keep doing.
1: And I mean, the interesting thing for us is is this is as far as I'm aware. This is the point where Raven has to no show because he's taken to rehab oh um so luckily, they built in the stip that Stevie could lose the championship because Raven actually wasn't able to attend the show, so I'm really interested to see how that works and what they do to kind of book around that um but, yeah, just very, I mean, a match where, you know, they're obviously building the, the the tension between Raven and Stevie for a reason that I'm not totally sure of at this point, um, in that Stevie is going to be responsible for losing Raven the belt. Yeah. But there's got to be easier ways of doing it.
0: Oh, massively. It's just, um, like you said, I didn't try to explain these rules over and over. It just gets too much.
1: Anyway, so yeah, Devon, you know, cuts the promo about whose family it's going to be.
0: And uh, yeah, and speaking of too much, for no reason whatsoever fucking ever, we suddenly get Bill Alfonso versus Todd Gordon in a reverse lumberjack match. Yeah. I know these two like simmering and they don't get along, but I don't think it's to a point where they were having a match again.
1: Again, and uh, a weapons match and a reverse lumberjack match. It, it, it's it's uh, yeah, again and again. It's a screwy finish for Alfonso Axel Ross, and I think it is forgets his weapon. Yeah, which means Fonzie can get hold of it. And cracks Gordon and gets the win. And, you know, nothing's resolved and nothing's finished. And they've just had another match for the sake of having a match. Basically, um, yeah. And that happens. Again, you know, WWE gets a lot of shit about authority figures getting involved in physical angles, blah, 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 blah. I don't understand why Todd Gordon was in the first one of these, let alone the 16th one of these.
0: Well, not just authority figures like you know Shane McMahon or someone get um, criticism for being in matches that you think Phew. at least yeah, you can have a match, not a
1: trained worker.
0: Yeah, you think wow. But anyway, that happened. Then a bunch of Pulp Fiction promos. Shane Douglas screaming he wants his belt. Only one that really stands out is obviously um, at the end the gangsters are talking. Some other gangster party attack him. Put their head under a wheel, nearly run over Mustafi. She his mind. Mustafa? Yeah. That's it, Mustafi. And I was thinking, um, you can tell was watching football. Um, <laughs> earlier on as well, the gangsters threw out a promo where they really took a couple of shots at Smoky Mountain Wrestling as well.
1: Yeah. Which I guess it uh, Yeah. Really interesting. <laughs> um you know, in the mid-90s, there was a small federation. You uh, get this in every week. Front Until I actually start doing the show, yeah. Small federation fronted by someone who was seen as a mouthpiece on one of the bigger ones with connections to WWF and WCW um, with the likes of Primetime Brian Lee, The Gangsters, um, Chris Jericho, uh, Chris Campido Tammy Sitch, Lance Storm, um, and their champion is um, a slobby uh, white dude. Yeah. So, you know, Smoky Mountain had, you know, the dirty white guy as their champ. So the who inspired cool. who? Yeah. We'll find a out. a surfer? Coming soon
0: on Sports Arena. And a slobby white guy became a surfer. <laughs> called sting <laughs> so yeah it said all those basically so and that ended
1: that some of um, this was forth. quite hard going
0: it is i mean but like i said i maintain where basically i, I feel like everything's on limbo until pay-per-view sorted i mean they're moving forward with the raven one so that's actually becoming a thing now But it it feels weird though because what I don't get is like you'll have the champion like pick his feud. So like when Shane Douglas was the TV champion, he was challenging people rather than people challenging him. And now Raven is going after the Sandman when really his issue is with Tommy Dreamer because Tommy Dreamer is taking everything from him. But it's kind of like... I mean, doing me wrong, it's fantastic. It just, when you really sort of try to work it out, you think, hold on, why are we here? What, it's, what's
1: it's, mean? yeah. I mean, there's this, there's a, a, a big level of suspension of disbelief in regards to why, why, why you know, we're so, now. so, you know, if we take the Shane Douglas story and um, what we didn't mention was the build of the four way TV title match uh, on next week's show. Um, yeah. Which I, I watched today and uh, is iconic, um, uh, but got uh, it. Uh, um, uh, but the that whole thing started because he's so distraught about um, not winning the one belt that matters because he's 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 missed it for so long, and then Scorpio comes out and says, "Well, why don't you just challenge for mine?" and talks his way into a title defence that he then loses. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Uh... And then Shane Douglas is sitting there kind of going, give me competition, give me competition, give me competition, and then loses. So part of it is the cocky heel kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of like, you know, why, why are you chasing... chasing. Tell you, why, is, why
0: is Scorpio saying, please fight me for this belt, please fight me for this belt? I know Scorpio's on his way out, and they probably saw it as a a switch but you just think what the hell Oh, like, speaking of scorpio i watched um classic wcw saturday night where he was doing his too cold scorpio and had the theme music and little music video and all that on there too <laughs> cold yeah quite unbelievable um theme song still he's strutting to the he's getting the kids to go to school and he's making them
1: strut there and dance Scorpio was very impressive I mean I you know we, I, I was just because of what we were kind of um, exposed to I, I, I think I saw more Flash Funk than I did to Scorpio at the time but um, well, I remember Scorpio you know, and was...
0: WCW and then obviously Flash Funk and WWE then slowly Scorpio and ECW going backwards yeah but um, what the guy is like so underrated. He he must have influenced so much. He was light years ahead of everything. Yeah, and if he um, was even like ten years later, or whatever, he'd have been like, you know, X Division champion and God knows what else. I mean, and he's 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 a big guy to move like that. Mm. I mean, even when he came back for the um the Hardcore Justice reunion shows for TNA, he fought C W Anderson. And he must have been like mid forties or early forties. And he looked; he was still doing the flips. It was amazing,
1: mm. and like, a hard living life as well. Mm. I mean, he's not he's not getting a, a massage, rubbed down, and an early night after every single one of them.
0: That's the thing. It's not like he's you know sort of touring around with the the Fed or anything. But um, yeah, so that happens, and I think that takes it to the end of the show. I think it does. So thank you very much for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe. We are on every podcast thing you could desire. So make sure you tell people if you wish to interact with us, because we will interact with you. Follow us on social media, Instagram or Twitter at underscore sports arena. That is us. We retweet a lot of things about ECW. So if you want a free retweet, basically just talk about ECW. because we'll We'll hunt it down and. Get involved.
1: But we talk Simple. about modern stuff as well. So, you know, Dude, in the archives are our um, Royal Rumble prediction show. Just, uh, uh, ready Rumble's for the weekend. Coming
0: up. The prediction show's up. We've also done almost a crossover where it's an ECW inspired Royal Rumble quiz. Where can you name every former ECW champion who's participated in the Royal Rumble? That's Spoilers. also available. No. <laughs> That's also available. And up, so you want to check that out, that's the thing.
1: And also, it's no quite the way... assignment. If you want to go through and play yourself, it's quite the assignment to try and work out all of the people who are available and, and went through. And if you can name all twenty five, um you're a better person than Griff and I. Well,
0: I've just thought of one that I missed out as well. But yeah. It's actually more. Well fuck you. Yeah, no, it's um little greedo. Didn't we say him? I don't think we did. I don't think we said Nunzio. Yeah, maybe not. Because he took that spear from Goldberg in the Rumble, didn't he? A really good one. And he was tag team champ. So the whole thing's already a lie. So just scream Greedo and just um, Nunzio and get annoyed that I don't mention it. And it'll be really good. And message us at Sportswearing about it. Um, yeah, other ways to support the show. You can go to Zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena, look at the merchandise, and think, that's the shirt for me. You can purchase it, and the rest is history. Apart from that, I think we'll be back next week. Um, probably going to watch a Rumble because it's a great little event. And yeah, hey, job done.
1: Thank you very yep. much. have to work out what we did with our predictions. Oh. And uh, the four-way dance from next week's episode is... Um, as I said
0: Iconic Has you got DDT in
1: it? It's um, gets us closer to what we're used to
0: Oh I like it Look forward to that next week and so should you Thank you much for listening we'll see you all next week See ya Bye